Welcome to the Pokescast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming Bee writer for the Casper Star Tribune, getting you ready for Wyoming's home game on Saturday against Northern Colorado. Uh, but before we look ahead to the Bears, let's rewind that wild Tulsa game. Wyoming 40, Tulsa 37, double overtime. Uh, let me bring in Robert Gagliardi. Robert, uh, I know you listen to this thing on the radio up camping. That must have been uh, wild trying to <laughs> listen to Reese Monaco try to paint that picture because I was having trouble keeping track of what was going on there from the press box on deadline. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was crazy. Reese painted a great picture of it, you know, called a great game and say I was pacing around the fire pit a lot, uh, you know, throughout the game, but especially pretty much from the fourth quarter on, I was. It, it 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 you know if there was ever any video of that of me you know pacing up and pacing around the fire pit it was it wasn't pretty but it was a heck of a game you know a heck of a win for the Cowboys and you know the first take for me and obviously you know you go th- you know you had great coverage of it you know Wyoming you know Andrew Peasley certainly bounced back from a, a rough game against Illinois but with just all the ups and downs and everything that happened for a team like Wyoming with you know three seniors and one of the youngest teams in the country to fight and figure out a way to win a game like that, at least I would hope would go a long way to what we're going to see from this team this season. You know, it doesn't mean that they've got it all figured out and they're going to, you know, win out and everything's going to be easy, but for a young team, especially coming off a a brutal opener to fight and figure out a way to win a game like that, that can only, at least one can only think that that'll just only help them down the road and we'll see what happens. The result of that, see if there's a hangover Gets Northern Colorado on Saturday, but for a young team like that to fight, find a way to win a game in that fashion, I think says potentially says a lot about what this team maybe could be. Yeah, it was the definition of a team win. Obviously, you had uh, the defensive touchdown, which came on a strip sack. Uh, you had the special teams block punt for a touchdown, and then you had Peasley throwing for 256 yards and a couple of long touchdown passes. Uh, one to Will Pelissar from Bighorn, one to Joshua Cobbs from San Antonio, two guys with great stories. Um, it was just a great team win. And then it all comes down to the kicking game with, you know, when he, when he sent John Hoyland out there to try the 55 yarder down 10, you know, I said, what are they doing? You know, you miss that Tulsa's already almost in field goal range and they're going to go up probably 17, but he nailed it, 55 yards. Hoyland nails it. All of a sudden, it's a one-score game. They get a stop, and, and Peasley, you know, hits a wide-open Cobbs down the the east sideline, and we're tied. And then some super crazy things happened uh, at the end of regulation where Titus Wynn has a chance to either run the clock down or score and, and walk off with a win there, and he fumbles. Uh, all of a sudden, Tulsa has enough time to win it, and then – uh, you know, Cam comes up with a, a huge forced fumble, you know, as a receiver's running down the middle of the field. And then Hoyland hits the upright, the top right upright uh, with a chance to win it. And then you got to the defense. I think you kind of forget about it, but the defense allowed a touchdown on the first play of the fourth quarter. Wyoming's down 10, I believe at that point, that was the last touchdown for Tulsa. They get, a field goal in the first overtime and then obviously miss the field goal in the second overtime. So 
Um, that's another thing about this game that you kind of forget about with all the offensive, you know, with Peasley kind of a com- coming a full circle from goat to hero. Then all of a sudden you kind of forget that this defense, which is kind of undersized up front, uh, they still had a lot in the tank, you know, four plus hours into this thing. So a lot to build upon. I mean, Craig Bull always uses the cliche, like every coach, they, the biggest improvement is week one to week two. Kudos to the coaching staff, Peasley and everyone for, for making that a truism. You know, absolutely. You know, a lot of credit goes all over the place just to pull out a win. And that's a good point about the defense, Ryan. And I think we've even, again, I don't know how much you can take from the Illinois game, but I don't know if this is going to be a defense, Ryan, that's going to just stone people and just, you know, pitch shutouts or, you know, allow seven or 10 points. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there's not improvement that that, that can be made and needs to be made with this unit, but I think this is you know, to use another cliche, I don't like a kind of a bend, but don't break. I think there's going to be times where this defense gives up yards, gives up points. You know, I don't think, you know, Craig Bull and the staff wants to give up 37 and or in no matter how many overtimes, but this defense seems to just, you know, it made plays when it needed to, you know, um, got stops when it needed to. And I think, you know, as this season goes on again, I'm sure there's improvement. There are improvements that need to be made, but that's one thing I think this defense is capable of getting stops and if they can get stops just in key times you know it's going to give the offense and give this team a chance and I thought you know despite giving up 37 points and what 400 plus you know how many yards did Brandon he threw for four something or was it 500 but you know I mean 60 they had three receivers over 100 and another receiver in the 90s right so I mean now granted Wyoming you know Tulsa couldn't run the ball on him I don't know you know, I don't think they necessarily really made a concerted effort to run the ball, but, you know, to Wyoming's, I guess you could also look at, a, you know, Wyoming made Tulsa one-dimensional. Now, granted, that one-dimensional was pretty good. Yeah. It was very good. Um, so, yeah, things to, 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 to build on there and obviously on offense where, you know, Peasley was very good, you know, 20 of 30. You know, he didn't throw a pick. Um, was efficient. You know, the short passing game was there. They were able to hit a couple of, of longer ones to maybe, you know, you know, stretch that defense out a little bit, you know, good decisions. And, and, and really Wyoming, you know, Peasley was, was Wyoming's leading rusher in that game, Ryan. It wasn't like Swin or DQ James or the guy or the running game really got really going. So, you know, give, give some credit. I mean, Wyoming largely won that football game, key stops on defense, but they largely won it by throwing the football. You know, and if you would have said that last week after what happened at Illinois, you would have thought we, you know, if we would have said that then, I thought we were crazy. You know, now I don't know how that's going to work down the road. Obviously, you want more, a little bit more balance. You know, about 30 times was it? Peasley threw it 30 times, right? Yeah, he did. Probably about the most you probably want to throw it if you're Wyoming based on this offense. But they, they made it work. And, you know, maybe some receivers gained some confidence and more than anything, I just think this offense gained some confidence because they, they moved the ball, you know, and didn't turn it over this, this plan is as much as it necessarily drives a lot of fans crazy, right? I think this, this offense can work, you know, it's, it, it can work. And I think it showed some signs of that, many signs of that on Saturday. Yeah. I think uh, two things we've learned about, you know, just Wyoming through these two games is, I think you can say that Illinois has a very good defense and their defense pretty much 
should have won at Indiana. Uh, Brett Bielema and, and company made some mistakes where, you know, just strategically with, you know, I think Wyoming fans would feel better if Illinois would have taken care of business at Indiana and, and got off to that start that we knew they could. I think they host, uh, who do they host this week? They have another Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. They have another winnable power five game here. You know, I think Illinois is going to be a bowl team. Uh, they're not going to compete for the Big Ten, but they're good on defense. And I think we can say that Tulsa's really good in the passing game. I mean, really good. Those receivers, to me, look like, you know, I think they would be among the best wide receivers in the Mountain West. Hmm. As a collection, they might be the best as uh, as three guys being out there. There was no weakness. Uh, you know, that's what Jay Savell told me. He's like, usually when you have, you know, three and four wide receiver setting, so that you can point to one guy and be like, He's not going to beat us. Let's worry about these other two guys. He's like, every guy they put out there could beat you. So uh, Bryn was very impressive throwing the ball. Uh, Their receivers made some contested catches and some wide open catches. And that's obviously an area where Wyoming has to improve is is in the pass defense. And we'll get into how that Northern Colorado could also um, test them in that area. Um, But uh, I want to get to something interesting that happened after the game. You know, I'm, filing for print by 6 p.m. and then running down there uh, to get Bull and those guys. And, um, you know, when asked about Peasley, you know, turning it around so dramatically, Craig got really emotional, pounded the podium, kind of stood up for his guy, and that the criticism was uh, too extreme. He never really specified whether he was talking about social media comments or you know, what I was writing or anything. I mean, I was sitting right there. If he had a problem with anything I wrote, he could have, you know, said, you know, mm-hmm. that he disagreed and I'd be like, that's fine. Um, but I don't know if it was just a combination of all of the crap that Peasley took. And I was pretty harsh on him. I mean, five for 20, you got to write what you see. And it was, it was an eyesore of a performance. Um, but I never wavered that Peasley's the guy for this team. I mean, his demeanor, he's a captain. You know, he's pretty much you you have to ride with Peasley this year. And and uh I'm super impressed with his demeanor. I was after the Illinois game and and even more so after this game because you know he could have uh said I told you so or whatever, but he's like, Yeah, I was I was terrible at Illinois and um I wasn't gonna let him beat me twice and I'm I gotta lead these guys and and he gave all the other guys the credit. Just uh I think they have something, I'm not gonna say special, but they have an it factor at quarterback this year. Yeah. And that's, that's great to see. And, you know, I read your stuff about the, you know, bowls, you know, pretty emotional in the press conference and the years I covered him, Ryan, you know, Craig was always very matter of fact, you know, in, in his press conferences, whether it was even before games, you know, leading up to games, um, you know, after games, win or lose, whatever, you know, even after bowl wins and stuff, you know, not that he didn't enjoy wins, but, you know, he's just very business-like, you know, and for to, to, you know, reading in your story about how emotional he was, and you painted that picture very well that, you know, that shows to me that, you know, well, one, that Craig's not a robot that some people think, you know, he's he is an emotional guy. And it also just says just how much he believes in Andrew Peasley, too. You know, you're right. He, you know, Wyoming's next option isn't going to be with their backup quarterback. They're writing, this is Andrew Peasley's team. No matter what happened at Illinois, and it was great to see him bounce back. But I think, you know, Craig really, you know, let his emotions on his sleeve where, you know, this is our guy. And I think he just, I got the sense that he was just very proud of him. 
proud of the whole team, but certainly proud of Peasley and with all the criticism that was going on. And that criticism was just right. I, I would, I, I would agree. I mean, you said it, you, you got to write what you see and what you saw at Illinois wasn't very good. There's no way to really sugarcoat that. Um, and I just thought that was, you know, sometimes it's nice whether, you know, whether it's a Wyoming or whoever you cover, when you see coaches, you know, kind of back their players, so to speak, to have their backs, you know, and not saying Craig never did that in the past, but that's just very unusual for him to be emotional like that. And I thought that was also kind of fitting, you know, kind of put in a lot of ways, kind of put a, a really good capper on a, you know, a, from, you know, one extreme to the next where everything that could have gone bad did at Illinois Nothing. It wasn't perfect against Tulsa, but it was a lot. It was a lot better than Illinois, and uh, you know, I think he just put a really good capper on on on, on from what from week one to week two there. Yeah, I think some of his frustration might be just from this era he's in. You know, his comment was that I got news for you guys: Peasley doesn't have a six figure NIL deal. He he's here to because he wants to be a cowboy and wants to be a college football player. You know, he's not looking to get rich off the system or anything like that. And I, I have no problem with anybody who gets an NAL deal. I think it's great. Um, but I think Paul bowl is in this transition where, you know, you see Utah state at Alabama and, and one team is in a different sport than the other team, you know, financially. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's probably some frustration there when you lose all these guys to power five teams, you bring in Peasley, you believe in him and it gets frustrating that first week, but you stick with it. And Wyoming has to stick with it and find and scratch and claw and find a way to compete in this new era of NIL and transfer portal and all that. So I'm sure part of it is the frustration of the system. You know, all of a sudden you're the third youngest team because of this new era, you know, and in order to survive, he knew he had to change. I don't think that's lip service. He's got Peasley's back. Joshua Cobb scores that touchdown. Joshua Cobbs is at a tough time at Wyoming with COVID and his dad getting murdered and the pressure to replace Isaiah Nayor. And he goes over and tells him, I love you. Uh, he goes up to John Hoyland before that kick and says, man, what do you think? We got to have this. And Hoyland says, I got your back coach. I think uh, Bull has made some changes and that's uh, part of why this the chemistry on this team seems to be pretty good. Yeah, and also, Ryan, I think you also saw some things in that game that were also very much been staples of Craig Bowles' program since he's been at Wyoming. I mean, you'll see Will Pellisier, you know, a walk-on from Bighorn. You know, one thing Craig Bowles done a very good job of doing since he's been here is develop a walk-on program, so to speak, where, you know, whether they're guys from Wyoming or not, you know, they give guys chances, you know, and Will Pelissier took advantage of his chance, and that's a great story. Let's hope we see more of those types of things from him this year. I don't know if it's a one-game thing or or what's going to happen, but that's good. You saw Parker Christensen, the kid from Sheridan, a scholarship kid from Sheridan, you know, have an impact in the game. So, you know, you're you're seeing some of the, you know, some of the still the old, the quote-unquote old bowl uh, mantra, so to speak. And now, as you know, like you said, I think for, for, for Craig and a lot of, and even a lot of the coaches on the staff, this is kind of, a new era, you know, with the portal and the NIL and all this other stuff. So they're, you know, they're, they're, they're adapting to the new and the ever-changing landscape of college football. But also there were a lot of things in that game Saturday that was, that was, that that's Wyoming football. That's been Wyoming football since Craig's been the coach. And so you saw a little bit of the new and the old, I think in that game. Uh, speaking of adapting, Robert, let's get into our picks. I, uh, 
I'm excited to inform you that I was five and two last week. And wow. You were two and five, which makes me five and seven, and you're four and eight right now. That means we're both still losing money, but congratulations yeah. on a much better week. Like we both Cowboys, picked Tulsa. You know, you know, like the Cowboys, you bounce back rather well. Um, I did not improve from week one to week two. I took a step back, um, and now let's just uh, – you know, we're fairly even, but we're still in the grand scheme of things. If, if, if it was real money on the line, Ryan, we, we'd be losing money. We have a lot of time to get over 500, and uh, I'm 0-2 picking the team I cover. So, that I mean, you just never know. The more you know, the less you know kind of thing. Right. Um, so let's uh, pick this week's games in the Mountain West, and uh, let's start Friday night. Boise State is a 17-point favorite at New Mexico. Even though the Broncos got their clocks cleaned by Oregon State and the Lobos trucked Maine, <laughs> two totally different spectrums of college football there. But uh, Boise State, you know, they bench Hank Bachmeyer in Corvallis. Uh, Andy Avalos is now seven and six at Boise State. I'm not so sure about the Broncos. You know, I don't know about them this year. Um, they were picked to win the mountain. I picked Air Force. I think I'm looking pretty good. I am. S- I'm going to take New Mexico to cover. What the heck? I was kind of thinking the same thing. Right? I think Boise probably wins, but I'm going to take New Mexico to cover. You know, it's a big game. There, I think what I saw this week on social media, the the Lobos are debuting cherry helmets. You know, there is some. There is a little bit. It sounds like there's a little bit of buzz for New Mexico football down there, Ryan, right now. Um, what that means, I don't necessarily know. Um, I do know Rocky Long is coordinating their defense. Uh, they do have a pretty good defense. I'm not saying it's like Rocky San Diego State defenses, but you know, I do expect Boise to bounce back. But I think New Mexico makes this a game. This is a big game for them, I think. So I, I like Boise to win, but I'm gonna. T- I'm also gonna pick New Mexico to cover. Yeah, Boise State. You know, the one thing about it, I do think they'll win, but. The thing that scares me about picking New Mexico is Boise State was so uneven last year, but on the road they did whoop BYU on the road and Utah State on the road last year because they're, they're kind of a strange team under Andy Avalos, but they did get beat badly by Oregon State on the road. So uh, we're both going to Mexico there. Um, the next game up, I have Colorado, the Golden Buffaloes, going to the academy for the first time in almost 50 years to play Air Force uh, Air Force really handled a, a pretty good Northern Iowa team last week. Um, you know, Coach Howdy Doody, you know, he I told him I picked him and he's like, oh, we got all these guys have surgeries and, uh, you know, bull. He was he's trying to be Lou Holtz. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Air Force is really good. Brad Roberts is really good. Azik Daniels is really good. And Air Force is giving 17 and a half points to Colorado, their in-state big brother from the Pac-12. Wow. Um, I watched the Buffs first half against TCU, and they actually had good game control, only down 7-6. And and I'll admit that I shut that off and and went to bed. And they were embarrassed, apparently, in the second half. I don't think Carl Durrell is long for Boulder unless – unless Rick George doesn't have any money, but uh, I think Air Force covers this. That's a sad thing to say, but CU, what have you done in the last 15 years? Nothing. 
yeah, you know, I never thought, I mean, can you imagine, Ryan, at any point, you know, that Colorado is going to be a 17 and a half point underdog to a Mountain West team? I don't care if they played them on the moon. I don't know if I ever thought I'd see that, but it sounds like they've got some issues at quarterback as well that don't know who they're going to play, if they're going to play Duke, two guys. I don't know. It sounded like in that second half they could have played five guys, and I don't know if it would have made much difference, but – but it is a rivalry game. It was an overtime game last year in Boulder, and Air Force was able to win it. I could certainly see Air Force going out and just absolutely trucking them. I think Colorado shows up. I and I think Colorado's going to cover that. Okay. I, you know, and this is probably why I'm four and eight, Ryan, right now. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm just go with the Buffs to cover that. I think they bounce back, but I do think Air Force has just too much firepower and will win. Yeah, if the Buffs have any pride, I mean. I don't know. They should beat Air Force, but that, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Air Force is too good. I voted Air Force in the top 25. Um, Air Force fans like me right now, so <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll stick with that. Um, so, you know, who would think Air Force is tuning up for the Wyoming game by, with Colorado? Right. Well, Wyoming's tuning up with Northern Colorado. Probably similar games. Uh, but before we get to, to Wyoming, uh, the Sheep – Colorado State really did not look good at Michigan. Now, granted, Michigan is ranked fourth now after beating CSU 55-7. to seven. Uh, It's like Wyoming, Illinois. You know, maybe we shouldn't jump off the Jay Norvell bandwagon after one game. Um, they host Middle Tennessee State in Fort Collins. The Rams are 11-point favorites. Uh, I'm going to go with the Rams, I think. They do the week one to week two improvement thing and, and get uh, Norvell's first win this weekend in a big way. I think they do too, Ryan. I, I I don't know if, you know, granted Norvell has half his team from Nevada on the roster this year that, that have been pretty good, but I do think they bounce back. I think CSU might, you know, maybe like a lot, maybe a lot of teams in the mountain West, I think they're going to get better as the year goes on. I do think they bounce back. I don't, I still think they've got a lot of issues and they still maybe need to get some guys in there. But I do think, you know, Middle Tennessee used to be a pretty decent CUSA. I think they've kind of fallen on some tough times. I I think CSU bounces back and wins pretty convinced. I think they cover that. All right. Uh, next up is UNLV at Cal, another Mountain West Pac-12 matchup. Uh, you know, the Rebels had that big week zero, you know, feel-good game against Idaho State. Their quarterback looked really good. I think Marcus Royal finally has a good quarterback and, and and he's a pretty good offensive play caller when he has a quarterback. Now he was a little conservative with Justin Herbert for my taste and, and for Oregon fans taste when I was covering them, but they did win the Rose bowl and the PAC 12 um, with that combo. So uh, I think, Oh man, I hate to do this, but I think the rebels are going to cover 12 and a half at Cal I think I don't think they're going to win. You know, Justin Wilcox is a good defensive coach, but I just don't think Cal's all that impressive. I mean, they're just a they're probably a six and six team, a five and seven type of team. Um, so I think the Rebels, you know, they had an extra week to prepare for this. I think they cover. You know, there's a part of me that wants to say that Rebels will cover, and I guess it wouldn't surprise me, but I think. I agree. I don't think Cal's that good, but I, this is a big year for Justin Wilcox. And I think, you know, now if they beat UNLV by 30, that doesn't mean he's everything's fine in Cal and Justin Wilcox is going to save his job. But I think Cal needs to make a statement here. So I'm going to go against that. I think I think Cal's going to cover that. Okay. Um, 
And plus, I got to make up some ground somehow, too. Yeah. So. yeah, me taking UNLV on the road is probably uh, a silly thing to do. And I'm going to show my ignorance here because we're not in the FCS pick business anymore. I do not know if incarnate word is FBS or FCS. Do you? They're FCS. Okay. Let's pick it anyway because they're only one and a half point underdogs at 2 0 Nevada. How about Nevada's schedule? New Mexico State win, Texas State win. Now they host Incarnate Word. Is Ken Wilson going to be 3 0 with a team that lost everybody to the portal? I believe they will be. I believe they, I think they're FCS. Maybe they are, maybe they're transitioning to FBS. I won't lie, Ryan. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> Um, you know, I, yeah, I don't think Nevada's certainly, you know, arrived or anything, but I think they're, they're going to figure out a way. I think they'll cover that. I, they're at home. You know, they looked fairly good last week after, you know, a so-so effort on the road in New Mexico state, but Hey, they're two and oh, I, they're going to be three. and oh, I think Nevada covers that, you know? Um, yeah. Let's go Nevada there and, and we'll do some homework on incarnate word this weekend. Uh, next up San Jose state getting 23 at Auburn. So they get uh, uh, Coach Harzen gets another crack at the Spartans. Um, really an interesting, I guess, start for San Jose State. They get the win, but they barely beat Portland State at home to start it off. Uh, Auburn has pretty much their fan base has cut the rug out from under Harzen. They want to get rid of him, even though he's 1-0 this season, and it's just getting started. Uh, I think Auburn covers. I think uh, Harzen's going to run it up and have fun for as long as he can before the pitchforks come. Well, let's say if, if, if Harzen doesn't beat them by 23, at least, I think, you know, the, the, his his seat, at least among the Auburn faithful, gets even hotter. I know Brian doesn't think that way. You know, coaches don't think that way. A couple of years ago, Ryan, San Jose went down to Arkansas and beat Arkansas. Now, not as good of an Arkansas team as it is now. But I think, you know, Auburn, Harzen's coaching for his life, and maybe he doesn't care at this point. You know, whatever happens, happens. But I do think Auburn will take care of that. I think they'll cover that 23 points. I'm not, I, San Jose's still good, but I don't think they're good enough to go down there and, 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 and handle that. So, Yeah, I'm on the fence whether they're good or not. I want to see more of them. And, and they come to Laramie October 1st. I think uh, that'll be an interesting game. I think uh, the winner of that game – probably goes to a bowl. The loser probably does not, but we'll get to that in a few weeks. Um, so we've got, uh, uh, before we get to the uh, what I think is the best game of the week, let, let's do really quickly, <laughs> Hawaii 52-point underdogs at Michigan. I haven't watched any of Hawaii. You know, they're on late at night, but they've lost at home to Vanderbilt badly and Western Kentucky badly. And they are the most devastated team portal-wise. Uh, I mean, I guess you take Michigan in the 52. I don't know. You know, I know Michigan's going to start a different quarterback, but that was the plan by Jim Harbaugh to do that. But you know what? Jim Harbaugh could line up a quarterback and still probably cover that spread, Ryan. I mean, I how do you, you know, 52 points. I don't know. That may be the biggest spread we've seen Yeah, in, in stuff, but – I. Look, Hawaii's not good. No, you know, based on two weeks, they, they're the worst team in the country. You know, and they got to go to Michigan. I just, I guess you got to go. I, I'm going with Michigan to cover that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, if Alabama can beat Utah State 55-0, then 
Michigan can do that to, to Hawaii, I'm afraid. Um, so this is what I think is the best game and the most important game in the Mountain West. Oregon State is a one-point favorite at Fresno State. Give me the Bulldogs all day long. I think uh, they're a different animal than Boise this year. This is in Bulldog Stadium, and they have a chance for to be that New Year's Six team from the group of five. I love Fresno State over Oregon State, even though I think Oregon State's going to have something to say in the Pac-12 this year. I think just Fresno has this thing circled. I think they do too, Ryan. And if, you know, there's a lot of excitement. And I read something from the Fresno outlet where, you know, college football attendance across the country has, has gone down, but it hasn't at Fresno. They're, they're behind it. And I've been in that stadium when it's been full or even close to full, and it's pretty daunting. And uh, if Fresno wants to be, I mean, I think most people think, you know, whether it's media that covers the Mountain West or even national people think Fresno is one of the class acts of the Mountain West this year. If they are, then they this is a game they win. You know, it doesn't have to be convincing. I agree. I think Oregon State's pretty good. But at home, a big non you know, a power, a Pac-12 team coming in there. I think, I think Fresno, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going with the Bulldogs here. I think it could be a very good game. I think it will be a very good game. But uh, this, if to me, this is a game, I can't say must win because it's really not. But in some ways it is, Ryan, because this is a big game for the Mountain West. For, from one of the upper echelon teams in the Mountain West, these are games you should win. And I think the Bulldogs will take care of business. Yeah, and then uh, Idaho State's playing at San Diego State. We're not going to pick that one, but uh, San Diego State needs to feel good after getting beat at home by Arizona, and they will do that against Idaho State. So um, San Diego State will be a factor, but that was a huge disappointment for them to lose at home to Arizona so badly. Um, So let's move on. Um, We'll break the rule again. I know Northern Colorado's FCS. I found a line. Wyoming is minus 23. Um, so that's kind of tricky. A little over three touchdowns. I have no idea. <laughs> Let's talk about the matchup first. I think, uh, you know, whether it's McCaffrey or Sermon at quarterback, you know, they threw for over 500 yards last week combined. Uh, Dylan McCaffrey was injured in that game, but Sermon came in. Uh, McCaffrey obviously started at Michigan. Now he's playing for his dad for Northern Colorado. Sermon was at Washington originally. Now he's at Northern Colorado. So they have elite recruits at quarterback, and they were very productive last week in a a loss to Houston Baptist. Wyoming was a little shaky in the secondary, so I think Northern Colorado will be able to to make some hay passing the ball. Um, The other side of the ball, you know, I think – if Titus Swin's healthy, he's going to have a big day. If he's not, DeWine McNeely's going to have a big day. If he's not ready to go, uh, somebody else is going to have a big day. I think Wyoming gets back running the ball and more of a, you know, a 20 pass situation maybe for Peasley. I think they'll be more balanced. And I think Cole Goodbow and, and Jordan Bernoulli are going to be the real problem for, for that offense. Now, like I said, they can pass, but – Will they have time to pass? I don't know. Burton Oli and, and Goodbout could have something to say about that. So all that being said, I'm trying to think while talking here. I'll go Wyoming. I went against them last week. I'll go with them to, to win by 24. I, th- You know, look, if, if Wyoming takes care of business, this is a game they should cover the spread with. But you mentioned, you know, they got UNC's got some talented quarterback. They can throw it. Um, I don't know if they're going to throw it as well as Tulsa did. It goes, like you said, I think Wyoming's 
you know, uh, pass rush needs to be better. You know, you know, secondary needs to be better. I think Wyoming wins it, but they've, th- this could be tricky. And, and what kind of hangover? Hopefully you would think, like we talked earlier, Ryan, this just should be a game that gives Wyoming confidence after what they did against Tulsa. But they also can't just show up on Saturday afternoon and just think they're going to beat anybody, let alone whether it's Northern Colorado or whoever. I think Wyoming wins it, but I think I think Northern Colorado covers that spread. Okay. Um, and maybe the you know, maybe the, the game is the score maybe doesn't indicate it, but I think it's looking to be a little tighter. I think Northern Colorado is going to give Wyoming some fits, but I think Wyoming will be too much in the end. Yeah, it'll be a fun game. I know, uh, you know, fans don't tend to get up for these types of games, but in Craig Bowles' history, they play these FCS teams super tight, uh, start including last year against vegan and, and the bobcats escape for the win over montana state now granted montana state's near the top of the fcs ed mccaffrey is building a program in Greeley. um as someone who covered mccaffrey it's just funny to think that uh you know first of all ed mccaffrey is a head coach moved <laughs> poor lisa to Greeley from you know from what i understand from the from cherry creek or wherever and then his Son Max is the offensive coordinator. Dylan's the quarterback, and of course Christian is uh, everyone's on everyone's fantasy football team. It's quite a family of football from Colorado. There, you know, they're kind of like the Mannings of Colorado football. You know, I also think it's good. You know, look, you know, I know fans don't get really fired up for FCS opponents to come into War Memorial Stadium, Ryan, but Northern Colorado's regional. You know, former Wyoming quarterback J.J. Ratterink is the quarterback's coach. You know, Cameron Murray, who's Austin Conway's cousin, former Wyoming player, now now at Northern Colorado. You know, a lot of these, a lot of the Colorado kids probably played against each other or know each other. You know, there's some regional interest in this, and there's even some Wyoming ties to this game. You know, so you know, it, it's 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 intriguing, and I'm intrigued what 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 Ed McCaffrey's going to do at Northern Colorado. I don't know if, if Saturday will be an indication of what he's going to do. I don't know, but. Uh, very intrigued about that, but this is for an FBS versus an FCS fold. To me, there's a little there, there's some intrigue to it, especially yeah. regionally. Absolutely. I mean, if you're going to schedule an FCS, you know, it's hard to beat you know the Montanas or or Northern Colorado just because it could help you in recruiting some kid in in Eaton or somewhere. You know, Wyoming's done well with those type of guys over the years. Could be watching this game and. Maybe Northern Colorado is, is his only offer, and he and he gives comes to Wyoming's camp, and they discover him or something. You just never know. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's good to play, you know, people where you recruit, and Wyoming certainly recruits in Northern Colorado, so uh, that'll be fun. And they have seventeen FBS guys, and obviously the the two quarterbacks are former Power Five guys, so uh, it'll be entertaining and. Uh, Robert, thanks so much. Uh, everybody, uh, check out trip.com uh, for all the coverage. And uh, what are you doing this weekend? Are you coming over? Or are you going camping again? Not going camping. Might come over. We've got to figure out a few other things, but might make it over. But uh, I know if I don't, I'm going to be watching it and listening to it and and also reading your stuff. But there's a, good ch- there's a chance I might be coming over this weekend. All right. Well, uh, whatever you do, have a great weekend. And thanks for doing this again. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Ryan.